This is the Christian Life Center podcast. Here at CLC, we are messengers of hope, where we believe in taking God's message of hope everywhere we go to everyone we meet. From wherever you are, be encouraged by this week's message. Well, here we are in our established spiritual growth campaign. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Man, when I look around the auditorium, it's so exciting to see what God is doing in the house. And I know we have hundreds that are joining us in our online family, and we're glad that you're with us as well. We're in our spiritual growth campaign. Say established. I've got my shirt on. I hope you got one. Established. We're creating a new way of thinking and living and acting. And I know God is going to continue to just use this SGC. We have about 140 with our vibe that we heard about. Vibe, come on. Yeah, 10 tribes and our youth, seven uh, life groups, our small groups all over the city, even around different states. Uh, we're just exci- we're excited to see what God's doing in the SGC. Today's week three, and we're going to dive in. But before we do, I just want to say to our online family, we are going to be taking communion after the message today. So we want to encourage you to go ahead and begin to prepare yourself. Get some elements right there wherever you're at so you can participate with us in communion. And for those that are in the house, stay with us. Uh, after the message, we're going to spend a little bit more time in worship. And we're going to enter in to sharing the Lord's Supper together today. Today, take out your outlines, download it from your app. We're going to be talking about managing my emotions. Say it with me. Managing emotions. Can I say that one of the enemies for believers, maybe one of the greatest enemies for believers is our emotions. Now I know you thought that the greatest enemy of your soul is Satan, and that is true. He is a great enemy. In fact, he is the true enemy. But he uses our emotions to deceive us, and many times we don't even understand our own emotions, and they lead us quite oftenly down paths and roads that have huge consequences in our lives and we don't really maybe understand or recognize what is taking place. True victory comes when you and I learn to live beyond our feelings and our emotions. Can I get an agreement? When we learn to do what's right, not just what I feel or what my emotions tell me, but I learn to do what's right. Being established comes to part three of learning to manage our Emotions. How do you deal with who you are and what you're feeling in that moment? In Mark chapter, Mark chapter 12 and verse 29, it says this. The most important commandment is this. Say that with me. The most important commandment. Point to someone and say, the most important commandment is that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Amen. Man, we've already been doing that. We're going to do that later in communion and worship even more. That we love Him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. When you look at that, you feel the emotion. You hear it coming. If I had to give you a definition of emotions, emotions are the feelings of that which you and I have. They're, they're, they're feelings, and, 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 and they come out of, we looked last week, 
They come out of our thoughts, our desires, our opinions, our beliefs, our attitudes. That forms the heart. Our thoughts, our beliefs, our, 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 you know, our desires, the images that, that, that we see, the, the things that we learn and hear. These are attitudes of the heart and they always lead to actions. Therefore, today we got to talk about this and we got to look at this because feelings move our lives. And when we understand that, we can learn how to manage it. Let's pause for a moment. Father, I thank you for the anointing of your word. And today, as we take a few moments to look into the word, I pray, oh God, that you will use this message to teach us, train us, lead us, convict us, help us. Father, I pray that there'll be strength that comes from the word of God today. And all God's people said, amen and amen. So here we're saying that feelings move our lives. Do you know that your ability to feel, that is a gift from God? Do you know that? Your emotions, your feelings are a gift for God. It's, it's something that God has given to you. And, and if you don't understand it, it always doesn't feel like my emotions are a gift from God. Even the negative ones are a gift from God. But they're a great asset for our life. And, and if you didn't have emotions, actually, we would just be a robot. We would just be moving. We wouldn't be human if we didn't have emotions. Emotions are the abilities that, and, and, and it enables you and I to, to love, to create. It enables us to be faithful and loyal and kind and gracious. It comes out of our emotions, the good things in life, as well as the negative. In fact, our emotions are, are, are seen even in the character of who God is and the, the nature of God. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, God says, let us, it's the Godhead, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So you were made in the image of God. Can I hear an amen? But I have to learn how to manage my emotions so I reflect God. And sometimes I, if I'm not careful and if I don't understand what we're going to talk about today, then my emotions can drive me and it can be a spiral that leads me away from what God would want us to do. Now, there's two extremes when it comes to dealing with emotions. First of all, one extreme is that all that matters is how I feel. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what's right or wrong or, 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 or what's popular or unpopular, good or bad. It's just what I feel. That is what I feel. And if it feels good, if it feels right, if it feels okay, if this is what I think is the thing to do, then I do it. And that's all that really matters. And therefore, my emotions, my feelings begin to control my life and dominate my life, and they begin to run my life, and in that, I become a very emotional person. Have you ever heard anybody say, they're really emotional? You know, they're, they're, they're an emotional person, right? There's a lot of drama in their life, you know? There's a lot of emotions there. Well, there's someone that's being led by their emotions, their emotions, and, and therefore they're an emotional person and they rely on their feelings maybe a little bit too much and it begins to rule their life. The other extreme is that feelings aren't important at all. 
stoic, logical. The only thing that really matters is the intellect and the will, the volition and the intelligence of who we are. That's all that really matters. Now, these are two extremes. And why it's so important for you and I to learn to manage our emotions. And let me tell you, this is tough. This is very, very difficult. And it's something that we have to learn how to do. We choose to control our emotions. But why it's important is, first of all, because we want to please God. Can I hear an amen? I love him. We just read a moment ago. I want to love him with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. I want to please God. Now, that's why you're here. That's why you're tuning in today. It's because deep within you, I know is a desire to please the Lord. Now, practically today, this is going to be really practical. I'm going to share scripture, so it's going to be a sermon, but it's going to be very, very practical because we're going to begin to move into how do I manage these emotions, and I don't even understand them. As you get older, you have emotions in your workplace, around friends. There's all these emotions, but at the end of the day, it's important because at the end, I want to please the Lord. A second thing that I want you to understand when, when, it's in, when it's looking at why it's so important is because your spiritual maturity is seen in how you manage your emotions. If you don't manage your emotions, the reality is you're acting immature because immaturity doesn't manage emotions. Immaturity lives, decides, acts on their thoughts, feelings, and wants. They live by their impulses. How many know what I'm talking about? You've seen it. They're, they're, there's this, this life that they pursue, again, out of their emotions, and it's really out of immaturity. So if you're angry and, and, and inside there's anger, in fact, uh, if I take this here and inside it represents your emotions and and uh, I don't think I know how to use this, but I'm going to figure it out. I should have been taught <laughs> beforehand. But inside is all of my emotions. And if I bottle it up and there's anger and, and, and the root of that anger is built in, I'm feeling disrespected or maybe I'm not feeling love. In marriage, you have love and respect. And, 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 and many times uh, uh, we begin to see that love and respect begin to combat one another. She wants love. She wants to feel bonded and connected and cherished and, and really loved. He wants respect. And, and when she doesn't get love, she doesn't give respect. And all of a sudden, there's this thing that begins to happen and anger begins to build up. Now, anger is the surface issue. The real issue deep down in this, thought, in this thought is that he's not feeling respected, she's not feeling loved, and all of a sudden, let me see if I do it right. I'm gonna do it like this. Boom! It pops, right? She does something, he does something, and the emotions just explode. You see, we have to realize that in our immaturity, if we don't learn how to manage it, it's getting bottled up within. Maybe we can use another one. Maybe. <laughs> I think I figured it out this time. Now, maybe you're at work. And at work, somebody is, man, they're targeting for your job. They want your promotion they want everything that you know is yours. You've been believing for it. It's breakthrough. God's going to give it to you. You're working hard. But somebody starts talking about you. 
Somebody starts whispering. Ever, ever had anybody whisper about you at the workplace? They don't whisper when you're in their presence. They, they, they whisper when you're not around. Did you see? Did you know? Did, and they start to talk. All of a sudden inside of you is building up this frustration. Why? They're jealous of you or they're envious of where you're at or what you're doing. And inside you're trying to handle it as a believer, but those emotions are rising. And man, if you're not careful, all of a sudden, it just pops, right? It just, it just blows up. And I got two more. I'm not going to use them. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right. I'm going to use one more. It's so fun. I get to be kid's pastor today. Yeah, I look like a kid's pastor. I'm going to act like a kid's pastor, right? Here we go. Maybe you're at church. And... You really want God to do something and move, but things aren't quite going the way you like it. Maybe some things are happening. Maybe you're not seeing God move, or, or maybe you've got thoughts and traditions or opinions about things. And, and by the way, just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you share it or it's right. How many have learned that? But all of a sudden, man, you start talking about maybe it's something in the service, maybe it's something that's happening or should be happening. And without realizing it, emotions are building up and now it begins to turn into division. Now, and by the way, divisive people, they always do it in secret. It's always a phone call. It, and they always test the spirit to see if your spirit links with their spirit. They begin to gossip. They begin to carry false rumors or, 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 or they're beginning to spread the, the, the thing that they're not liking. It could be anything in the church. I could, I, man, you don't know more what's wrong in the church than I do. You're not talking about something I don't already know is maybe an issue, but it's not always something that we can fix and it might be a spiritual issue. But because it's not happening the way you want it to happen, you begin to share it with everybody and what happens is there's another blow, right? There's another, there's just another moment that our emotions come out. Now, Paul tried to tell the church in Corinth, he said, listen, this is normal for children. If you're immature, this is normal. Now, unfortunately, this is a lot of people in churches today. As they're spiritually immature, they, they, they don't know how to hold and control and manage. But Paul says, listen, when, when, when you begin to grow in your spiritual life, in 1 Corinthians, he says, it's like this. He's saying, guys, look, it's like this. When I was a child... I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. A child doesn't get their way. A child wants what they want. You don't do what they ask. You don't do it when they want it. It's a now, it's a mind. All of a sudden, I almost got over there. Man, I need two more. I like this. I like it. I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child does. But when I became a man, when I grew up with spiritual maturity, I grow up in my thoughts. My thoughts grew far beyond those of my childhood. And now I have put away childish things. 
what Paul was saying is, guys, he's talking to the church in Corinth. Now, remember, they had written him a letter and he's responding. It's like sending an email to pastor and pastor responds to you. He's writing back. Now, they had all kinds of problems. There was division in the church. There was immorality happening within the church. They were bringing in the things of the world and it was filtrating into the church. And Paul was saying, guys, your emotions are controlling you. When I was a child, this was normal. But now that I've grown, I put away the childish thoughts. I learned to control my emotions. You see, the problem is if you don't learn to control it, you can't take back what's happened. Let me take you to another scripture that Paul talks about this over in Romans. You see, this was a theme that Paul wanted the church and therefore we're studying it to understand. In Romans 5, Romans was written to the church in Rome. He says, those who are dominated by their sinful things. That's their childhood, their, their childish uh, um, emotions and feelings. It's the immaturity of their spiritual life. Those that are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. The question is, what's controlling you? What is it? that's controlling you. It's easy to say we're controlled by the spirit, but then we leave a mess everywhere we go. You see, if you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, he's gonna help you to show what is that which follows your life. The problem for many in the church is they say one thing, but their life reflects another. And so he says, I put it away. Those who are dominated, Man, they think about sinful things, but those that are controlled by the Holy Spirit, they think about that which pleases the Spirit. He goes on to say, so let your sinful nature, so, let, so letting your sinful nature control your mind, it will lead to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind, it will lead to what? Life and peace. By the way, living and walking in obedience Walking in accordance to God's ways and God's purposes brings life, abundant life, victorious life, and peace in your life. Some of you have turmoil, crisis, so much is happening, and it's because Paul was saying, you've lived by your emotions. And you've not been led by the Spirit. He says, no, let the spirit control your mind. Let it lead to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's uh, laws and it never will. He goes on to say, that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God, underline it. You see what he's saying is, you can't please God if your emotions dominate your life. If you continue to let the emotions run your life and the decisions that you make are based on how you feel, your gut, this is what I think, this is what I believe, then all of a sudden God is saying, you're not being controlled by me, you're being controlled by your sinful nature. So he goes on 
He's going to begin to say, for you as a Christ follower, as a believer in Christ, he says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. And that's what we want. Can I hear an amen? We're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Can I hear an amen? He says, as a Christ follower, this is what it looks like. If you go down to verse 12, he goes down a little bit further and he says, therefore, so everything he says, now he comes to conclusion. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation, none at all to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by it, if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power, underline it, of the Spirit, you will put to death the deeds of your sinful nature and you will live. So the secret of being established is learning to manage my emotions. Why is that so important? It's because within me is the central, uh, 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 it's, it's, it's what's central within me and my emotions can be so unreliable and I can't always trust them, but the center of my existence is my emotions. If you go down to verse 13 of this whole passage, he says here in verse 13, I wanna come back for if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if, if through the power of the spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. How many times have we felt I've caught myself saying it. This message even just kind of caught me because I've said this many times. How many times have you thought, this is the right thing to do? This is what my gut tells me. This is what I feel. I feel this is right. I, I feel this is the right thing. And then it doesn't work out. How many? I feel like this is what's right. My gut tells me to do this. Well, every one of us probably have done that. But the problem is, is your gut can be wrong. Your emotions, your thoughts can be wrong. Your in intuition can be flawed. Your emotions can be impacted by so many different things that are happening around you and it can lead you down a blind alley if you depend on them to lead you and guide you. Man, I've heard so many young men, young women said, I, I really like them and I believe, I believe that that's the person I'm supposed to marry. Now they just met them. That's emotions. You're physically attracted. Don't bring God in it yet. I remember when Candy and I first went to Budapest, Hungary as missionaries. I was teaching in the Bible school. Her and I were teaching. And it, I mean, we'd only been there a couple weeks. And a, a young Hungarian girl uh, was one of our students. She was actually also helping us learn uh, Hungarian. And she came in and she says, and she was real distraught. And, and, and we said, what's wrong? And she says, today's been very confusing. Well, why has it been so confusing? She goes, well, when I went to chapel, this young man came up to me and he said, God told me that we're supposed to marry. 
Now, we've all probably had those moments, right? I remember seeing my beautiful wife for the first time in the chapel, and I was like, oh, wow, an angel of the Lord has just appeared. I mean, now... It took a long time to convince her God talked to me, right? It, it, it took a long time because she wasn't so convinced, right? <laughs> well, she, well, we started, she goes, no, 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 that's not it either. She goes, I just came from class and another young man, same day, just came up. I mean, they were, I mean, she was like the, the freshman on campus. They were all going, right? They were staking their claims, right? You know, another young man came up and says, I really feel like God has told me we're to get married. <laughs> Two men, same day. Some of you wish you had that problem, right? <laughs> Two men, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, I'm glad my wife's coming to finish this sermon. <laughs> but, but our emotions can mislead us. My gut can mislead us, and we have to learn to recognize. Proverbs says this, a way that seems right to a man in the end can lead to death. So spiritual maturity is seen in how you manage your emotions, how you manage it. And if you really have a desire to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, then in you is a growing desire not to sin. And, and as you're developing your love, there is this desire that says, God, I wanna honor you and I wanna please you and I wanna, I wanna do what's right in your eyes. And therefore, God, help me to control the emotions and the feelings that are leading me towards sin. Help me to control it so that I am moving away from sin. It's not wanting what I want right now. That's spiritual maturity. What I want isn't good or healthy. What I want to do isn't right. But spiritual maturity says I learned to manage it. Proverbs says it this way. There is a, uh, Proverbs 25, 28 is like an open city with no defenses is the man with no check on his feelings. So, Getting to this point of, of helping us to understand, you know, I've got to begin to really say, God, how do I manage my emotions? Maybe another way of saying it is, Lord, help me to transform my mind's feelings. It's my mind that's feeling something. I'm, I'm thinking something, and now it's moving me emotionally to begin to feel something. Now, in that moment is a choice point. You're thinking something, and now as you're beginning to think it, there are emotions that are rising up, and the choice is immaturity. I'm going to act on it if it's outside the will of God, or spiritual maturity says I'm going to control it, and I'm not going to move towards sin, but I'm going to move towards what is pleasing and honoring and right and honoring to the Lord, and I make the choice right there and then. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, you're quiet. Three people said yeah. So either it was so good that you were just astonished or it, phew. Last week, we talked about what we think. What we think leads us to how we begin to feel my emotions. On my feelings, if I don't control them, 
when they're ungodly emotions and all of a sudden there's things that are going to happen, if I don't learn to manage it, it moves me into action. And that action, if it's ungodly, moves me away from the will and purpose of God. So in this moment, I have a choice to make. And that is, do I learn how to manage my emotions? So I give you three simple thoughts before we get ready to have communion together. Now, three thoughts that are simple, but very, very difficult. You see, what doesn't work is at this moment, I tell myself to ignore it, to ignore it, to ignore it. That doesn't work. I can't suppress those emotions and act like it's not going to come out because there will be a moment that it's coming out. No, I've got to learn how to manage it. So the first thing I've got to do is I've got to recognize and understand. I've got to name the emotion. What is happening inside of me? Recognize what are these emotions. So if you're stressed, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling overwhelmed and, and there is a stress on you and, 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 and there is a pressure that you're feeling, you've got to pull back and begin to ask, why am I stressed? Why is there a pressure that's on me? What am I feeling? Is there a deadline? Do I feel like my job's at risk? Do I, do I feel like someone's going to be unhappy or displeased with me? Am I, am I feeling a pressure from somebody to do something? And therefore, it's creating this emotion. Now, again, emotions aren't right or wrong. They are from God. They're a gift from God. The secret is how do I manage it? So in that stress, in that pressure, I've got to, I've got to first of all, recognize what is happening. Why am I feeling this? What is going on? This happened with Candy and I last night. We were uh, talking about the sermon today and a few points and she said a statement and then I said a statement and before we know it, it was about the spiral out of control and thankfully she managed her emotions at that moment and, and said, do you realize what you just said? <laughs> it's like, um, you know, it's hard for me to admit I was wrong. So it's like, mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> But I, I, you pull back and you realize, if you're frustrated, why? You identify, why am I frustrated? Now, you gotta be specific at this point. You gotta pinpoint exactly why it is and what it is and what you're feeling because you can't manage vague feelings. And for some of us, we're not in touch with our emotions. We're not in touch with our feelings. And therefore, we don't know how to control what we don't even recognize or identify. And we can't manage what we've not identified, what is going on within us. And the problem is, is there's a problem. We know that there's something happening. There's something rising up and there's an explosion that's happening or about to happen, but we've not identified. So the question that I've got to pause and I've got to ask is, what am I really feeling? Now, by the way, this is where God has given us as Christ followers such a beautiful, beautiful process of, of recognizing and identifying and, and working through what we're, we're processing with and through, and that is called prayer. 
You see, when I'm praying and I'm talking to God and I'm sharing what's on my heart and what I'm feeling and what I'm going through, what I'm really doing is I'm, I'm practicing good soul care, self-care, and I'm expressing, first of all, to God. And as I'm expressing to God and I'm praying to the Lord, and that's what God wants. It's not above him. It's not something that he wants you to do without him. And so as you begin the process in prayer with him, what you're doing, is in yourself, you're processing. And first of all, you automatically, as you begin to pray about it, you're giving it to the Lord. You're turning it over to God. And those emotions that are about to explode, all of a sudden, you're giving it over to the Lord. And you find that as you share your emotions with God, you're slowing yourself down that will lead to frustration and anger and explosion. And all of a sudden, you begin to feel the peace of God. It's beautiful. If anything, prayer is not for God, it's for you. Now, why do we have so many that are not controlling their emotions? I really think it's because we're not praying. I really think that the church has gotten used to just praying in church and we're not praying by ourselves with the Lord. We're not praying in the spirit. We're not taking time to say, God, <laughs> Uh, this really, this really, this really is frustrating me. This is really something that, that God, I've got to release to you. The other day, uh, I'm sharing a little bit with my wife and I. The other day, Candy said, man, I've really been turning some things over to the Lord. And uh, I was like, is it about me? <laughs> I know you've been praying extra hard, but <laughs> am I the reason, <laughs> you know? But really, when you're sharing your thoughts in your prayer, when you begin to do it, it brings a peace in your life. The psalmist says it this way. The psalmist says in Psalm 55 and verse 2, it says, my thoughts are restless and I am confused. Have you ever felt that way? Well, when you start processing and praying and giving it to the Lord, at this point, you name it, you recognize it. What you're doing is you're beginning just to recognize what is the real problem. Maybe, what are triggers? What is it that's triggering this? If, if it's a temptation, if there's something that you're feeling you're missing, if there's an unhealthy drive or, or ambition that's driving you, the trigger helps you to begin to recognize why is this happening? The other thing I would say here before I move to the next point is that, listen, don't let your feelings and your emotions serve as a guide. They're not a guide. You've got a feeling, it's in your gut. I wanna follow my heart. That's all good, but it doesn't mean it's facts. You've got to learn to recognize, okay, I, I like that. I feel this. I sense this, but I've got to process before I act upon it. You see, that's spiritual maturity. Is you're cultivating these feelings before you move towards sin. Instead, you're, you're, you're choosing at this point from what you sense, what your gut tells you, what you think, what others may believe is right. You're processing and you have the choice in the controlling moment right here of naming and recognizing to say, I'm not moving too quick until I know that I know. 
Now, this sermon is not about finding the will of God, but at this point, you're discovering how do I find out the will of God? So for this young lady that gets two invitations from two guys in the same day, how does she make a choice? By the way, she didn't end up marrying either of those two. There was a third guy. She, she had three, right? There was a third one. That, and, and yet she went through, and in that decision point, you begin to cultivate feelings that say, God, I want to honor you. I want to follow you and not follow my emotions. A second step is after you name it, after you name it, you've got to now challenge what you're feeling. So it's going to come up. You got to challenge it. You got to push a pause button. You got to see that, okay, my emotions are not a guide. They are signals of showing me what am I feeling. And so now I've got to get the right view of my emotions and I have to make a choice. How am I going to respond? For many of us, We've got to learn a little secret, and that is I've got to learn not to react, but to respond. And the difference is you react, there's an explosion. Responding is you get to choose when you respond. You get to choose how you're going to Respond. So you're feeling frustrated, you're feeling angry, you're feeling disrespected, you're feeling like there's no love, you're feeling someone's out to get you, someone's buying for your position. You begin to prayerfully process it with God. You're recognizing what's going on within you and now you begin to challenge, you put a pause button on that emotion and you don't react, but now you're gonna process how you respond. If I have a sore throat, I may go to the pharmacy and, and buy everything that I can get. The last time I got this latest variant of, uh, um, of COVID, it attacked your throat. Maybe you had that one. And so I went and I bought everything I could on the shelf for sore throats. You know we had sore throat before COVID, right? And there was a whole aisle of stuff. I brought, I bought everything. I mean, I brought the spray. I bought the, you know, the, 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 the yeah, I can't say it, but <laughs> tastes like candy, you know, just, man, and nothing was working. Nothing was working. Why? It's because I had COVID. I, I you know, I had COVID-19. I had this. If you have a sore throat, you could buy everything. And if it doesn't kill it and you go to the doctor, the doctor may say, the problem is, is you have strip throat and strip throat is a bacteria. And the only way you're going to kill that bacteria is through antibiotics or a long time of suffering. You see, sore throat is the effect. The real issue was that there was a bacteria within me and I had to treat the real issue. That's where we're at right now is I'm, I'm naming it, but then I'm challenging what I'm feeling so that I can process and I don't move out and respond in a, in a way that's not healthy by reacting in the moment. But now I'm really waiting and trusting God to help me know how to respond. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, this is where... For many of us, you may want to invite somebody into your life, a friend, somebody out of your life group, somebody that you give permission to challenge your thoughts and emotions. 
Someone that can say to you, why are you thinking that? How come you're feeling that? You give them permission to, to speak in and say, man, do you hear yourself? Do you hear what you're saying? I mean, Job had that. If you read through the book of Job, you get halfway through the chapter and there was a friend, Aphaz, that came to him and he says, man, your heart has carried you away. And then he uses a little bit of poetry and he says, your eyes are like a flash. What he was saying, Job's friend is saying, man, you've gone off the deep end. You've fallen off. What's so frustrating to you? Why are you so angry? Now, the question that I may have for you is, do you have someone like that? By the way, your spouse isn't always the right one. You'll get defensive. You, you can get frustrated so quickly as they push in. But do you have someone that says, man, do you hear yourself? Job was going on and, and all of this that's happened, everything that he's going through, everything that he was feeling. And he had someone that says, man, why are you thinking like this? Well, we need that in our life. Now, if you're going to challenge your emotions, let me give you three simple secrets. First of all, you got to know, I've been saying it, why are you really feeling this? What is it that's really happening? You can't control what you can't identify. But then you got to ask yourself, is this true? Is what I'm feeling true? Man, I remember Elijah in the Bible. You remember the story? He, man, he, he's so down, he's discouraged, he's depressed. He's crying out to God and he's complaining to God. And he says, God, I'm the only one in the whole nation that's serving you. I'm the only one. I mean, prophets usually feel like that. They're the only one. I'm the only one left in all of Israel, God, that's serving you. And God challenges him and he says, what? God says, what are you talking about? Elijah, there are many that are serving me. You may not see it, but there's many. Why are you acting like this? Why are you, why are you acting like nobody else is, is where I'm at? Nobody sees it. Nobody. God says, it's not true. So the reality is I have to pause and say, is what I'm feeling true? Does it line up with God's word? Does it line up with his will? Is this really true? And then a third question I challenge you to ask yourself when you pause, when you're challenging it, is this it helping you or is it hurting you? With what's happening, is it helping or hurting? Sometimes the simplest things that are challenging our emotions are really hurting us. We're pondering it, we're anxious about it, we're, we're processing it, we're going over and over and over. And at the end of the day, it's not gonna get us what we want, it's not gonna lead us to where we need to be. We gotta pause and say, why am I feeling this way? What, what's creating this? And is it really gonna get to an outcome that I want? If you go to a restaurant and the waitress or the waiter is really, 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 really slow. Is it gonna help you to get angry? I mean, in those moments, I decide I'm not saying anything because they're the ones preparing my food in the back. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Reminds me of the young, you know, the, the young Vietnamese boy, Vietnam War, 
he was serving the soldiers and they were so mean to him. I mean, they would, they would, you know, they, they would nail his shoes to the ground and he'd put his shoes on and he wouldn't be able to walk. He'd open doors and water buckets would fall on him. They were just having fun, but they were, you know, they were like just treating him really mean. And he was just always smiling, loving and kind. And one day they, they got to feeling bad and they said, okay, we're, we're, we're not gonna be mean anymore. We're not gonna treat you mean. He says, no more nails and shoes. They said, no more nails and shoes. No more water and door. No more water and door. He said, okay, no more spit and soup. <laughs> All right, I should have put a pause back there in my emotions on that one, you know. But I got to challenge what I'm feeling. And then as I challenge it, I'm at a point. It's that point now where I, I choose to control. I change what I'm feeling. Why? Is I've learned to control what I feel. If you're going to succeed in your spiritual life, if you're going to succeed in life, you got to learn to master your moods. Master your emotions. You may have that mood. You may have that emotion but is it really getting you where you need to go? You have the choice. Are you going to change it, learn to channel it, control it, or is it going to control you? So I leave you with two simple tools. I've been talking about one, and I want to leave it with you, and that is every day. Say every day. Every single day, I want you to ask God to fill you with His Spirit. Romans chapter 8, you're controlled by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8, he talks about don't be dominated by your sinful nature, your emotions. No, be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Over to the church of Galatia, another church, Paul says it to them in Galatians chapter 5, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives. You see, if every day I say, God, I want you to control my life. Every day, I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. Every day, help me to manage my emotions. Every day, I want to move towards you and not the things of the world or my sinful desires or the lusts of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. No, God, I want you to control me. When you do that, when the Holy Spirit controls you, He, the Holy Spirit, will produce this kind of fruit in you every day you give it to him he's going to give you love say it with me joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control so the secret is God I want you to help me every single day if you're filled with the spirit what will come out is the fruit of the Spirit. If I were to take this dish soap, what's inside of you is what comes out of you. So if I tip this over and I begin to squeeze, what's coming out? Dish soap, not shampoo or, you know, not peanut butter or ketchup. I mean, when I tip it over and I <laughs> press, what comes out? is what's inside. When you are controlled by the Spirit, what comes out of you 
is the fruit of the Spirit. A second key, I've not talked about this, and I'm going to throw it out there and end the sermon, is every day, ask God to help you manage your mouth. What's getting you in trouble is your mouth. <laughs> Holy Spirit's hitting somebody. <laughs> it's, it's what's inside that comes out. Control your mouth. Proverbs 13, verse 3 says this way. Self-control means controlling my tongue. James teaches us this lesson and James says, listen, your whole life, your whole life is, is like one that's being led and guided like a, like a horse is being guided, like a rider is controlling a horse and, and moving the horse. Your whole life is being controlled by your mouth. He uses the idea of a ship and a little small rudder your life, your tongue is like that rudder that's controlling the ship. It's dictating where that ship is going to go, the direction it's going to go. Your tongue is that rudder. You see, that's self-control. That's spiritual maturity. Immaturity says whatever it wants. Immaturity speaks whatever it believes. Immaturity. I have an opinion. I'm going to share it with everybody. That's immaturity. Spiritual maturity holds it. So the key is the more you have God's word as your word, what comes out of you aligns with the glory of God. Hide his word in your heart. Hide it deep within you. And when you do, you'll honor him. Managing our emotions. Can we give Lord praise? Hallelujah. We're going to go into a few minutes of worship, then we're going to share communion together. I want to encourage you in this time, let this be some moments of surrender. Honestly, I believe this message impacts everyone in this room, including me. It impacts all of us. And we've got to ask the Lord to fill us. We've got to ask the Lord to help us control what we say, our tongue, our mouth. We've got to hide his word in our heart. We've got to process what we're feeling with him. And we've got to determine that God, whatever I think, whatever it is that's informing my emotions, help me choose to respond in a godly way, in a godly appropriate way, and not react. Let me honor you with my emotions. Lord, we thank you. Your word is powerful, and today you've illuminated it. You've opened it up to us. This wasn't just some self-help talk. No, this was actually deep, deep Bible study. Because God, we really saw meaning in your scripture of how to be controlled by the spirit, not to be dominated by the sinful nature. Today, there's a house of believers. There's an online family. We are family, CLC family. That says, God, we wanna please you. We love you. We wanna love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, 
strength. Everything that's within us, Lord, we want to love you. In the next few moments, in our worship, I pray that you will receive the love, the praise, the adoration of your people as we express our love to you. If this ministry is making an impact in your life, why not help us make an impact on the lives of others by partnering with us today? You can give through our CLC app or at clcftl.org forward slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe for more inspiring messages like this. Now go and be messengers of hope.